Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment here. Welcome to the latest episode of Farm Equipment's podcast series, Our Dealer Story. In this week's episode, I sat down with Larry Krastowski during the United Equipment Dealers Association annual convention in Louisville. Krastowski Tractor is a single-store New Holland dealership in Wellington, Ohio. Larry's been part of the business for all 54 years, starting at age 17 when his parents, Ed and Agnes, who were farmers at the time, bought their equipment dealer's business in 1967. In the early days, Larry served as the parts manager and his brother Ed handled service. Larry and Ed were incredibly close as both brothers and business partners. In late 2018, Larry and the business faced their biggest challenge yet when Ed died unexpectedly. But everyone in the dealership pulled together and Krastowski Tractor had its highest gross sales in its history in 2019. It showed how much they loved my brother, you know, and they respected him and how much they loved our business, our family business. We are a family business. We are a family. That was Larry talking about how the staff at Krastowski Tractor is very much a family despite not being relatives. Before we head over to Larry, I wanted to thank our sponsor, HBS Systems, a multi-generational company that for over 30 years has provided leading edge systems and software technology designed specifically for ag and construction equipment dealers. Thanks for making this podcast series possible. We'll jump into the conversation with Larry sharing the story about how his father came to open the dealership in 1967. This is the Our Dealer Story of Krastowski Tractor. Larry, can you share how the business got started? I was a senior in high school. My dad was a farmer and my dad had five sons. And farming in our area was traditionally vegetables, hogs, beef, dairy, but it was getting overgrown with the encroachment of the Cleveland market coming into our area. So it was very hard for him to make money on the farm. The tractor dealer that we had were buying our equipment from was considering going out of business. He had hired my dad three winters in a row where my dad would sell machinery for him in the off months of the year when he couldn't farm. Gave dad some winter cash flow. It gave the man, Carl Reap was his name, gave him someone to help him sell machinery. My dad would sell more machinery in the three months than Carl sold the other nine months. Wow. So So he had a knack for it. He had a knack for it, all right. So January 2nd, 1967, we opened the doors of our tractor dealership. My dad was a manager, salesman. My mother was a bookkeeper. I was our parts manager. My brother, Ed, three years older than I, was our serviceman. What are your parents' names? Ed, Edward and Agnes Krastowski. Brother Ed went to work for this man a year before as a mechanic because they were, we were planning on buying him, okay, and he could get some training as a mechanic working with this man. So, And then the people from Ford Tractor came and trained by Brother Ed on repairing tractors. They spent a lot of time with us. I was our parts man, but I was going to high school, a senior in high school, and so a lot of our customers knew to not come and get parts till after three o'clock. <laughs> so from about three to 10 or 11 during the week, you could get parts. And then on weekends, you could get parts. Yeah. And back in those days, you could do that. All right. Right. Well, you can imagine what happened to my grades, <laughs> you know, when I'm working our parts department till 10 to 11 yeah. o'clock at night. So then I, I did go to uh, commu- our local community college. I went part-time for five years to our community college so I could get a business degree in accounting, not landscape management, but no. accounting. <laughs> and uh, 
uh, which helped me in future years in the business, you know. Yeah. And uh, so after five years of part-time, I finally got my degree. But I've been there ever since. And uh, mom and dad have retired and then passed. And brother Ed and I continued the business. Brother Rick was with us for a long time. And his vision, he has a bird virus in his eye. Okay. And it's chewing away at his iris. And he is legally blind. He has peripheral vision only. And so he couldn't work anymore because he couldn't stand the headaches of reading with a reading machine in front of him. Uh, He he just wasn't unable to work. So Rick hasn't been with us for about 15 years. So Brother Ed and I, with 20-some employees, run the business. What's one of your best memories from being a teenager at the dealership? So I guess when kind of the business first started. I was a 17-year-old kid. And I was handed a parts department by myself with no training. The customers that walked in our door, 90% of them knew us, knew the business, had been dealing there before. And many, 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 many times the customers came in and told me how to be a parts man. My dad was busy. He was tied up. My brother was busy. He was tied up. They didn't know either. Um, I had many customers come in and show me which parts book to grab, show me where in the parts book to find that system. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of them, or they're all older than I am. Okay. I'm 17 years old. And it meant so much to me. It's still a lasting effect today from the family of some of these customers who have since passed, how wonderful their dad was or their uncle was that came in and helped me make me what I am today and how they treated me as an equal. And I'm a young snot-nosed kid and they treated me as an adult, a man like one of them. Yeah, and and wanted to help you instead of being annoyed that you didn't know where to find it. Downgrading, exactly, okay. Yeah, and it it just, that really, really made an effect on me how I was accepted. And keep in mind, we opened a store 25 miles away, the crow flies, from my home. So I didn't know our customers. It isn't where I opened up a store in our backyard. Right. We were outsiders that lived in the northern part of the county farming, and our store is in the southern part of the county. So I didn't know any of the people there. I met yeah. them for the first time in my life that when we opened our doors. Yeah. You know, and, but yet we were so accepted that it really meant a lot to me. So that was a huge childhood memory to me. The other memory was tractor pulling. My brother and I did a lot of tractor pulling. We got a lot of trophies and that was a lot of fun. And I met a lot of friends by doing tractor pulling. Yeah. You know, um, had a lot of good times, a lot of, lot of good times with our customers. And, and you know, we had a, we didn't have a lot of help. And so you, there was no such thing as taking lunch and going right. for lunch and you're not gonna brown bag it every day. So we had a refrigerator in the corner of the shop and we had a hot plate on the tool bench and an electric frying pan on the tool bench. And it was very, very normal for a customer to come in for parts and I'm hungry. And I'd say, do you eat yet? And they'd say, no, come on, let's go make a hamburg. Okay, so we had hamburgs and pork yeah. chops and all hot dogs and all kinds of meat in the refrigerator, put it on the hot plate and, and to have lunch with a customer while I'm getting him his part or when my brother's fixing his tractor or my yeah. dad's selling the tractor, you know, or my, my mother would be there and the 
the customer's wife comes in and she would grab the wife and say, come on, let's make some hamburgers for the boys. You know, and that was, that helped us to be accepted. And you don't find that today. No. You know. Just part of that still exists in the business today? I mean, you're Fri- probably not making, well, cooking on, on a hot plate in on, the back. On Fridays, about once a month, we serve lunch for all the employees. It's usually hamburgers on a barbecue grill. And whoever walks in the door is welcome. We're making burgers if you want one. Come and, come and have a burger with us. So, and then uh, Christmas Eve every year, we have the same thing where people know to come on over and have a drink and, and have, have a hot dog with us or a burger. And, and we're going to just sit and relax for a few hours on Christmas Eve afternoon every okay. year. So, so, yes, it still does go. Still. That's a very important part. Mm-hmm. A very important part. The other thing we like doing is we like getting the the hamburgs locally from one of our, or the pork chops locally from one of our customers. Yeah. You know, and that's what we'd like to keep in the freezer is local meat yeah. from our customers. Did you guys move right into the building and everything that the previous dealer had owned? or The previous dealer rented a 35 by 65 small building. And we rented that building for three years from the farmer that owned it was actually a farm shop that we were in. And uh, and then we, in 1970, moved into a brand new facility down the road okay. in Wellington, Ohio, uh, which uh, we designed. That was the nucleus of our present buildings. Since then, we've put on one, two, three additions, plus another outside barn. So the building is a lot bigger now than it was back then. But yeah. that was the nucleus of our store. Okay. So yes. you've been in that same location for same, most of... Since 1970. So, yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then how long were your parents involved in the business? Yeah. Mom and dad, keep in mind, we started in 67. And uh, dad left out about around 19... 19- 85, 82. Okay. Yeah, I think it was 1982. He retired in 1982. Okay. So, and then that's when Ed and I formally took over with Brother Rick. And how did that that transition from your father running the business to the three of you running it? That went very smooth because Dad was, uh, he was wanting to get out. And the only reason Dad took this business on was for us boys. Okay. To give us a business. Okay. Yeah. Um, God bless him. That's, that's what he did. Never, ever were, were worldly people or high society people. They didn't need much money to live on. None of us did. Believe me, <laughs> there was no money. <laughs> it, the transition was very slow. Dad would just not, you know, stay home a day or two. You know, at first he would work half a day and then he would work every other day and, and et cetera, et cetera, yeah. to where he finally just quit coming, quit coming in. So uh, dad had a stroke, and that had something to do with the, the final. The final. The final step. staying home because okay. of med- medical issues. But uh, some things we did right at that time, we had a management company come in and give us some ideas because, keep in mind, we were relatively young and inexperienced. We made my brother president, okay, replacing yes. my dad, okay. my brother Ed, and then I was the vice president, and my brother Rick was the secretary and brother Ron was a treasurer and uh, Rick and Ron were both with us at the time. Ron left not too long, about five years after that, Ron left the business. Rick stayed with us, but, and I was vice president, but I was also sales manager. Now Ed and I both sold and Rick was parts manager. 
And so Rick actually would, would report to Ed, because Ed's the president, but yet if Ed was working in parts, which we all have to do everything, Rick was Ed's boss, okay? Yeah. And I, as sales manager and vice president, would have to report to the president, my brother Ed. But when Ed was out selling something, he, he had to report to me. So it was a really good system of checks and balances and keeping things clear and, con- and precise in the family. The, the, this, is this, this is the flow chart, you know. And everyone knew their role and their Everybody knew their our spot. role and all of our employees knew who their boss was. The president of the company is not my boss. I'm a serviceman, so the service manager is my boss. Were all three of you owners? Yes, evenly, okay. evenly, evenly owners. owners. Yes. Okay. And all worked well side by side like that? And- Absolutely, no problem whatsoever. Yeah, just we, we worked many, many, many hours, long hours. When my son was in high school, I think, he worked in our parts department, and I lived 27 miles from the store. I would leave the store in the morning and stop and see customers, maybe look at a trade-in, or stop and see somebody that's interested in buying something, or deliver a part, or maybe pick up a small tractor for service. And then on the way home from work, I would do the same pretty much every day. And my son, in the summertime, would work with us, and he would ride with me to work and home. And I don't remember the exact hours, but... He showed me his time card one time, and his time card, which he would punch in when he got to the store and punch in when we'd leave the store. Therefore, it didn't count the hour before and the hour afterwards, okay? Yeah. was something like 80 hours, okay? That was at the store. At the store. Yeah. That's when my son kind of realized that he wasn't so sure that this business was for him someday. You okay. Because if he wanted to work that many hours. Now, he did. He worked very hard and was very good at it, but... When he got out of college, he, he went to work for the Land Pride company as a, a rep for Land Pride and okay. an employee. He actually opened his own business and he repped Land Pride. He did that for many years. Is there anyone else from that generation involved in the business today? No. No. The business today is, is I'm the only family member in the business today. My son is not in it. He has some health issues. My brother has since passed. My brother is no longer with us. I wish he was. October of 2018, Ed passed. And uh, so the business was then owned by his wife okay. and myself. Okay. Okay. From October of 18 to November 1st of 19, one year yeah. and a month, well, one year and 10 days, we were without two owners, if you will, you know, the, and finally we got everything done with the sister-in-law, our general manager that brother Ed and I had a, a general manager helping us to manage the business. Mm-hmm. And she's been with us for 13 years. It's a lady. She has been wanting to get in the ownership of the business. So she purchased 40% of Kristowski tractor sales from my sister-in-law, who owned 50%. And then 10% of Kristowski tractor was purchased by our top salesman. So now the ownership of Kristowski tractor is 50% myself, 40% Jill, the general manager, and 10% one of the salesmen. Okay. So, and in future years, the goal is for them to buy me out. Okay. In a few years. That they'll start buying me out. They'll start in a few slowly years. purchasing slowly more. Yes. We'll get back to the Krastowski tractor story in a minute, but first I wanted to say thanks to HBS Systems, the sponsor of this series. 
To learn more about HBS's equipment dealership management systems, visit www.hbssystems.com. After that, head over to farmup-equipment.com for the latest industry news. And to learn more about the Dealership Mind Summit and to register, visit www.dealershipmindsummit.com. Now back to the story of Kostowski Tractor and how it's changed and adapted over the years as farms have consolidated and more sundowners have moved out to the area from Cleveland. How was that period, you know, for the dealership as a whole after your, your brother passed to kind of get back? You know, that's a, a shock to you as, as his brother, but also as a business. It was a shock to me. He passed at two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon after having heart issue, angina mm -hmm. issue at, at a football game on Friday night, at his grandson's football game. Okay. So it happened about eight o'clock on Friday night and he was gone two o'clock the next day. It was such a shock that it put me in a state of unconsciousness almost. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm told by employees that some things that I said on Monday morning to them made no sense. Just to show you how the state I was in. Right. I wasn't in the crying stage as much. I did, but not as much, mm -hmm. okay, as I was the almost hallucinative state. Yeah. I was like out of my mind, you know. My brother was everything to me. Until he married the year before I did, we shared a bedroom together. And since I was 17 years old, we shared a business together. And we were everything to each other, Yeah, you know. And all of a sudden he's gone. And it's just, I, I, I went berserk. I, I just, and now we, we assured the employees that next Monday morning uh, that we're gonna be business as usual and uh, we met, had an employee meeting 7.30 that Monday morning and my brother's widow came in and her and I assured everybody that it's business as usual. Um, please step up and do your part, get us through this, which they did wonderfully. Unbelievable how every employee in that place, even the lady that came in and cleaned uh, once a week, just stepped up and just really yeah. got going and, and it really helped us, okay? Three of the employees, without my knowing it, one of which was the today's 40% owner, okay. came in on Sunday, without my knowing it, to the store and started calling key customers, telling them what happened and reassuring them that it will be business as usual. Ed has passed, your good friend Ed has passed. So they, they, the three of them just made phone call after phone call after phone call. And, uh, and I called some people on Monday too. I was too stunned Sunday to make any reaction. Right. You know, But because uh, of key employees, business today is very strong and some very good decisions were made with, our, with uh, concentrating more on changing equipment lines okay. a little bit. We, in, in 2019, we had a very, one, actually our highest gross sales year ever. Wow, so, congratulations. Yeah, 2019, we did some things well, and we stepped up to the plate, everybody working a little bit harder, as I said. Yeah. And we had our, grow, our highest gross sales ever in 2019. So. That's really, I mean, particularly being probably the most challenging year, well, one of the most challenging years of the business. By far, by far, yes. To come out with that kind of success is great. Yeah. And it, 
to have those three employees who made those calls speaks to the the quality of people at the, at the dealership, but also how they view you and your brother. How much they thought of my brother. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it showed how much they loved my brother, you know, and they respected him. And, uh, and how much they loved our business, our family business. We are a family business, you know. We are a family. That's very important. We stress that all the time. People ask us, ask me about my business. I still say it's a family business, you know, because yeah. we are a, we are a family. Yeah, you so. still all interact like family, even if yep. you're not blood family. What do you think is ahead for the business as Jill Shaporovich and Jim McLaughlin grow in their roles? Jim and Jill will be spearheading the future ahead of me. I will be behind them. Mm -hmm. Okay, both Kubota and New Holland. Want, we've had to sign all new dealer agreements and everything because of the new ownership. Mm -hmm. And in the dealer agreements for both companies was that we will look into opening up other stores. Okay. Okay. That's part of it because all the companies want larger, multiple dealerships in each store. In right. each store. So uh, we are not closing our eyes to that. Although today I need to get some things set first. But, right. You know, in the long range, we wanted we were probably opening up more stores. More stores, so, and yeah. that's nice to know that they want you to open up more stores, not that they want you to become part of a, another operation. They want us to be the buyer, not the seller. Right. Yeah. 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 They. Yeah. They've both companies have said that without each other knowing it. So how we're going to do that is nothing today. It would be long range. The goal. Right. The goal would be to open up more stores. What else over? I guess over the years, how has the business evolved and changed from when you were a high school kid at the parts counter to to today? <laughs> That's um, only a few years though, right? It's only a few years, yeah. This is our 54th year in business, so it's been 54 years and I've seen a lot of changes, believe me. The, the change of courses with the machinery that we're selling, the technicality of the machinery, you know, is, yeah. is nothing like it was then. I'm probably wearing less hats today. That would be a change. Mm -hmm. Where back then, as I mentioned, that when my brother was in sales, he was under me. And when when we went to work in our parts department, we were under my other brother, et cetera. And we don't do that anymore. My my job today is, is, is managing people and still selling some of my key customers. But the idea of the company, the customers haven't changed much in the fact that they both want to deal with a family business. They want to be secure. We have a, a large amount of return business. That's a huge part of our of our of our customer base is, is the return business, you know. Yeah. But we're getting a lot more new customers now than we've ever had before walk-ins because of the movement out in the country where people are buying the few acres okay. and looking to, you know, the sundowners. That's probably the biggest change in our business is the, the customer base where there's the farms have gotten bigger. Okay. You have less farmers, but the same acreage, but less farmers operating right. the same acreage. Right. Um, less dairy. We were very, very, when we started in 1967, dairy was probably at least half of our business. Today, it's such a small part. There's only a handful of dairy farms left in the whole area. Yeah. The beef, we have a larger concentration of beef and hog customers than we did before and a larger concentration of cash crop farmers. But the biggest change is the number of five acre sundowners coming in 
yeah. and buying the zero turn mowers and the small Kubota tractors and the small New Holland tractors from us. It, it, that is the biggest change would be the from the larger farmers to the small. Has that taken some, you know, there's some adjustment in your in how you sell to that customer versus a farmer? It takes a different salesperson to sell a combine to a large farm mm -hmm. than it does a 20 horsepower tractor to a sundowner. Right. That's two different people. Well, because one is really a consumer purchase and one's a business purchase. Exactly. You've got to know how to handle each customer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I have employees that deal with each okay. and not too much in between. Once in a while they'll cross, but usually they this guy sells for this product, this guy sells that okay. product, because you, cause you have to know the technicality of the equipment today. Even yeah. the little zero turn mowers and the, and the small tractors, the little diesel tractors and riding lawn mowers, you've got to know your stuff today to know how to compete with the competition. Right. Why ours is better, the difference between ours and the competitor down the street. You know, you've got to know. When customers come in more educated on what you know, they've done their research. The internet, oh my goodness. Before they walk in the door. What so. a difference, oh yeah, yeah. I have literally had some customers walk in my door that know more about the product than what I do. And that my name is on the building, Right. you know? <laughs> yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not claiming to be our best product specialist on everything right. in the art. I yeah. know enough to be dangerous, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I seriously, I've had customers come in and have told me the CCs, the cubic centimeters that an engine has in a mower. Right. Know? And I and I'm I'm looking to see what brand the motor is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they're telling me the CCs of yeah. it, you know, because of the internet. So yeah. the internet really does, you know. And the number of internet shoppers that we get just every day, you know, wanting internet quoting. Right. So much of that's done. But we only quote in our trade territory. I would not quote out of territory. Okay. Uh, you don't make any money selling out of your trade tour. How can I compete with a dealer from Southern Ohio uh, pricing some product? Right. You know, I can't possibly compete <coughs> service and everything else. Well, and you that know. person's not coming back as a, no. as a service customer or anything like right. that. So right. during lunch, you said you guys this year for hay tools, hay was great for you guys. Do you know what kind of, what contributed to why it was so good this year? We had, a rainy, rainy spring all the way through June. Okay. And a lot of guys that start making their hay in May, early May, they couldn't do it. And their hay was growing old and getting rank, which means it's harder to harvest yeah. the package. Therefore, they needed better machinery to harvest it. Okay. Um, and they had such a short window to get the hay cut and dried and baled that some of the more progressive farmers needed better machinery to do it. Or the farmer that used to do just his own came in and bought a better piece of machinery because now two of the neighbors came to him and said, hey, can you do mine too? I can't do it. Yeah. Okay. So in essence, what I'm saying is the bad weather made us some extra business. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and I totally attribute the extra sales this year to the weather from the spring. How much of the, I mean, you're still obviously very involved in the business, but very much so. how has your day-to-day -day role changed? My day-to-day -day is, uh, I was gonna say, I'm maybe a little more kissing the babies now than I used to. So I guess I'd say I am, you know, a little more the front door man. Okay. Because 
there's a lot of people that walk in our store whose grandfathers dealt with us, mm-hmm. whose fathers dealt with us. And they came to see us with grandma and grandpa. And now they're walking in themselves and they want to meet the guy that they met 30 years ago, 40 yeah. years ago. They wanted, they want to talk to the guy whose name is on the front of the building. And it's not every store you get to do that anymore. And so I try very, very hard to uh, speak to our customers, even if I have no idea who they are. Right. You know, if I'm walking through the parts department, they're standing, people standing at the counter. I'm going to stop for a couple of minutes and, and at least say hi and chat with them about something. Yeah. You know, so I'm doing that more than ever. I think that's very important, you know, mm-hmm. to keep our business as a personal one-on-one type of a business, yeah. you know. How has navigating through various OEM mergers and acquisitions, you know, changes in ownership from Ford to New Holland to Case New Holland. When Ford bought New Holland and then New Holland bought Ford, (laughs) (laughs) Um, it did nothing but help us. When Fiat stepped up and purchased Ford New Holland, they put a lot of money into research and development into our products that Ford Motor Company family wouldn't do. And so that gave us a huge, huge spurt in product. And that really helped our business grow, very much so. So, And then when, when Fiat leveraged the assets of the Ford division to buy Case, that hurt us because a lot of our products that we were solely selling, we now had to share with a dealer that's in our hometown, right. you know. And they're basically the same color. They just have a different label on them. Um, and they're a very good dealer. They have a lot of customers and a good following. So there's a lot of people that would shop us and shop them both because it's the same product. Right. You know, so that hurt us. Okay. But uh, it didn't hurt us so much that it, that it ran us out of business or anything, but it cost us some sales, right. you know, but it probably gained us some sales too, you know. So... Uh, but the both the, the the Ford tractor to New Holland to to Fiat merger that all helped us. That all that all helped made yep. things stronger. Yep. yep, made us stronger, very much so. And then the, you know when Case got involved with us, and that gave us some more product too. The the larger four wheel drive tractors mm-hmm. and the T eight series tractor, which is a you know New Holland and Case together tractor. I mean that improved us a lot. It sold us a lot of equipment. Yeah. So it was a help. It hurt us in our hay equipment, but it helped us in our tractors. Okay, a little give and take. Give and take. The next step, who knows what it will be. No idea. Thanks so much to Larry Kostowski for taking the time to sit down and share Kostowski equipment's... Nope, that's wrong. Doing... Starting over, Joe. Thanks so much to Larry Kostowski for taking the time to sit down and share Kostowski Tractor's story with us. And another thanks to HBS Systems for making this podcast possible. I'd love to get your feedback on the series, so drop me a line at kschmidt at lestermedia.com. You can, sub- you can subscribe to the podcast via Spotify, iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or TuneIn Radio. This will ensure you'll be alerted as soon as new episodes are made. Thanks for joining us for this one-on-one conversation with Larry Kostowski. Until next time, I'm Kim Schmidt signing out of the Our Dealer Story Podcast.